You are listening to the Intangibles podcast. Welcome to the second episode of the Intangibles podcast. You guys are children. You know that? <laughs> um, today we're going to be talking about the tools and concepts that everyone can utilize when they start a new job to help them achieve success. Um, so this is stuff we want you guys all to take away and, and utilize immediately if you can. To, to, ta- to start us off, we're going to go to Mike. Mike's going to give us a, a tool that he thinks is useful. Thank you, Justin. So the tool or concept I like to really focus on when I started a new job is, is really listening and anticipating the types of questions I'm going to be asked. And what I mean by that is, yeah, you've got your core responsibilities that you need to do every month or every week. That's not what I'm talking about. What I mean is the stuff that you're maybe being asked about that or, or something that starts to come up uh, a few months in from your boss or your boss's boss. It's saying, okay, this seems to be repetitive. Uh, there's a bit of a trend here. Let me start preparing this in advance before the question comes, and, and that'll really reflect well that, that you're paying attention to, to what's going on. You're, you're, you're looking to, to add value um, in asking, hey, this is a question I need to answer, so let me do that. So building that pattern to see, you know, this is what people are looking for, not just being reactive, not saying, uh, waiting for someone to spoon feed you questions, essentially, right? Exactly. And, and, and I mean, this is something you should focus on as, as early as you can. Um, could, you give, could you give us an example of something you did recently at all? Well, so for example, something you can do is, is say, okay, they're asking me to put this type of report together on the, the revenue for the month or the, or the gross margin for the month on this, this particular level of detail. And usually you only prepare it at a very high level. So you can say, well, and this seems like uh, where the questions are going or they're really wanting to get more analysis at a, at, a, at a much more detailed level. Let me prepare this and maybe even more in advance of those questions. And, and hopefully that'll, that'll make me stand out well. So for somebody that's like new to their career or just starting, how do you think they can really take this tool and, and use it? So, so Ray, I think it's, it comes from a bit of a two-phase curve when you start anywhere. The first is really your, your, your comfort stage. So when you've gotten to the new job, you, you know how to use the applications, you know who to talk to, what people's names are. Um, that's really where you start to get comfortable in your day-to-day. Uh, that's when you should start being able to pick up the, okay, these are some of the, the, the questions I should anticipate. And then you'll eventually shift uh, into a confidence phase. And that can be anywhere after six months, uh, maybe up to a year when you start to get really confident. But when you're in that phase, you'll then start to ask yourself the, the critical second point, which is, so what? Okay, so I'm anticipating these questions. I'm making a new report for my boss or my boss's boss before they ask me. Lovely. But so what? Where's, where's the actual value or the answer to the question that's coming from what you're preparing? That is really what will elevate you above others, is trying to answer those questions. Now, they're not always easy questions, or you may not know, but to be able to, to really start asking yourself those questions or trying to figure out who do I, who do I get that answer from to prepare, that, that's, that's going to be a good point for you. So would, a, uh, would this kind of make sense if I, if I put it this way? Um, in your example, you were saying you put together, let's say, a, a revenue report that, that your boss asked for. So at the beginning stage, so somebody that doesn't take your advice, they would simply just 
put together the revenue report exactly as asked and then give it to their boss. But using your advice, they would put together the revenue report, probably analyze what's going on within the report. So let's say we're looking at different customers. Let's say one of the customers is down. Uh, your point is ask the, the why, like what's next question. So you're kind of anticipating your boss to come back to say, hey, you know, I noticed customer XYZ, um, their revenue is down 20%. So you're kind of looking into that before you give the report to your boss? Is that kind of... Generally, yeah. Like if you can, if you can have some of those answers, and I mean, maybe it's not the finite be-all and end-all answer, but you're showing that initiative that, hey, I, I'm looking into these, these, these things that stand out. Um, and here, here's what I've got so far in the analysis, um, that, that'll show. Obviously, that's all going to be predicated on how much time you have between when you get the information and when you have to deliver it. Um, but you can kind of get ahead of that if you're working on improving processes or other things that, that contribute to your, your ability to complete things faster. I, I know it, it's like a, a godsend when some, one, of, one of my staff comes into my office and they give me the report and they say, hey, well, you know what I noticed from this report? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, it's funny you say that, Ray, because I was about to pipe in as well and say, like, that is exactly what I hope for when I see, because I have staff that book journal entries. I want, totally. I want you to be able to understand when something's going wrong. Yeah. And that's a bit of foresight. And what really, Mike, you're pushing is look at trends, understand what's going on in the business, uh, what's going on with your role, and then anticipate yeah. um so it's not just doing abc right it's not just it's easy to be a monkey <laughs> <laughs> it's totally easy to just put things together right you want somebody to literally come in say hey what's my boss gonna ask me next yeah and really what would you as yourself put in that report together right Ray like, says this we've all been monkeys <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> You want to be the smartest monkey in the room, right? <laughs> well, and the so what is really, it's, it's an interesting point. I mean, it's a really, it sounds like a simple point, but it's a question I've asked a couple presidents at, at companies I've worked for. And I said, look, at the end of the day, obviously I'm, I'm finance and I do reporting and that's all lovely, but, but what do you care about? I'm interested. What are you thinking? And they've said to me, I want to know, what does this mean? I don't care what you're sending me really in the report because that's already happened. And my job is not what happened. That's yours. My job is, well, what does this mean tomorrow? How do I deal with this? Is this good? Is this bad? That's what I care about. So I guess uh, if you have to think about, like, how do you promote using that tool in the workplace? Um, you know, if I had to put myself in, in somebody's shoes who's being asked to create those reports, maybe to a certain extent, um, when you're being asked, a good question to, to ask is, why are you asking me this? So if somebody comes to me and says, um, could you put this revenue report together? I'd be like, yeah, sure, no problem. Uh, do you mind me asking, why are we putting this report together? Because if they come back and say, hey, I'm, I just need to analyze you know, the growth or decline in revenue by customer, then that already helps you to ask that what's next question. Fully agree. And then I think on the other side, if, you're, if you have people reporting into you, um, instead of just giving very basic information, maybe it's helpful sometimes when you're asking someone else to put the report together, say, hey, let's sit down for two minutes. Let me explain to you why I'm asking for this report. Um, because hopefully that kind of promotes them using your tool by giving them a bit more information into why you're asking the questions you are. That's Didn't that tie into a little bit of the tool that you were talking about <laughs> before we came on air? Yeah, yeah. So... Um, this kind of roll, it's funny, it kind of rolls into what I do every single day um, as my tool. And, and that's kind of on a piece of, literally on a piece of pen and with pen and paper, I write down exactly what I spend my time on every single day. 
Um, and I don't analyze this every day. I just write down and say, hey, I spent 20 minutes putting you know, a revenue report together. Spent half an hour putting a commission report together. Um, and after a couple of weeks, I'll look back to say, where did I spend my time the past three weeks? And the point of that is to figure out, am I spending time on value-added items? And when I say value-added, it's going to add value to one of three things. Myself, the company. Ray, stop dying. <laughs> <laughs> Just having a Sorry, guys. Attack. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's going to add value to kind of one of three things. Either my personal growth and development, it's going to add value to the company, or it's going to add value to my team or the people around me as well. And um, it's It's funny. I would have never thought of doing something like that, but I can see the immense value of going back. And it's, it's one of those things about being, um, being more cognizant of what you need to do in the future, right? It's, it's not looking and saying, I have to finish ABC again. It's saying, you know what, I'm going to take what I've done in the past and try to find where I can add more value and get rid of the, the noise, essentially, right? Yeah. Um, I, I actually think I might do this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, mean, I mean, ultimately, like... I think the only thing I would add to that is what I also tie in there is happiness. So like really you just want to maximize your happiness in your life and in work. So looking at all these tasks, what frustrates you? What makes you happy? How do you spend more time on doing the things that make you happy and less time on the things that frustrate you? Happy guy Stefan's here again. hopefully, (laughs) Hopefully those... Happy items are also the items that add value to yourself, your colleagues, and the company Stephen as well. Is so, so sweet. He goes back to the heart. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, have a, I have a question for you, Stefan. Yeah, sure. What, what, what maybe some of the listeners would be curious is actually how much time do you take documenting the time you spend? <laughs> and then how accurate are you being on that documentation? Yeah, not, not a lot. It's just kind of very quickly jotting it down. So it's not like I'm saying, hey, 50 minutes here, 50 minutes here. Um, it's really just saying, Hey, I spent, you know, three hours on this commission report, um, do it every week. And then by the end of the three weeks I go, geez, you know, this month alone, I spent, you know, 15 hours on commissions. How much value does that calculation really add? Like, I know it needs to get done, but is it making the business better? Am I learning anything from doing the same thing over and over again? Does it help my colleagues learn and grow? And in that example, I might step back and be like, doesn't really help anybody. It's needed. It needs to get done. I understand why the company has it, but there's got to be a faster way of, of doing this because my time could be much better spent on, on other things. So I really don't spend a lot of time calculating it. It's just a really good gauge on where your time spent, and that's it. And, yeah. and you know what? Like, I feel like I, you could apply that to, to any level, any role. Like, um, I've recently tasked my, my team with the task of putting all their – the things they do week by week, month by month together and really coming up with what's the most optimal way of getting their jobs done. Yeah, exactly. So really and truly, when you start a job, maybe it's a good thing to do to put your monthly calendar together. What do you do every day of the month and why do you need to do it? Can you automate that? And maybe then you could see there are certain things that I can get done more efficient and quicker. Is that your, is that, was was that going to be the advice you were going to give or? Was that your advice, right? <laughs> no, that wasn't my no, advice. Wasn't but your I, advice. I, I, okay, it's, it's one of the many pieces of advice that, that I Ray plan is on offering chock here. Full of advice. <laughs> what so, Ray, what's your yours? What's yours then? Um, I was really just going to talk about networking and the importance of of really using your biggest tool, which is your brain and your mouth. Really talking to Ray the, has a big mouth. <laughs> yeah, I do. It, it's really developing that repertoire between you 
your team members, your boss, um, really creating a, a team environment and allowing yourself to articulate with all your team members um, who you are and what can you bring to the team. So I, I and I I'm horrible at networking. I'm one of the worst people. So how? You know, sometimes it's just getting out of your comfort zone. I know I, I harp on that all the time. It's really getting out of your comfort zone. It's really talking to people that you wouldn't normally talk to, um, finding out what they do and how do their jobs impact your job? How do you impact their job? What are things that you guys do that, hey, I do the same thing. You know how many times I look at my staff and I'm like, why don't you guys figure out that you and you are doing the same thing? (laughs) Why don't you guys just say, hey, why don't you take this piece? I take this piece. And something as simple as that comes from networking. Not just sitting in your own little silo where you get lost away in the corner and someone else gets lost away in their corner and there's no connectivity. There's no sharing of opportunity to make your company better. So the one thing I've seen companies do a lot of, and it kind of ties into your point of networking and speaking with other departments, is that they actually let somebody, if you're working in a sales role, let's say, um, they'll let you work on the job before it gets to the sale and then the job after it gets to the sale. So that you kind of understand what the departments before your process and after your process do. Um, and to your point, networking with those people to understand how do you make the process after yours better and faster and easier? And what advice could you give to the process before you so that they could do a better job to make your job easier? Totally. Kind of ties and into that, and that kind of ties into what I was saying earlier. It really and truly putting that calendar together. And I, I've, I've done it on like a group basis where everyone kind of is there and they can figure out what everyone else is doing. But doing it on an individual basis and really talking to other people, getting that perspective on what they're doing will help you do your job better. So it's really getting yourself out of your comfort zone, really honing in on, on who you're working with and what they're all bringing to the table. It's, yeah. it's an important thing. Yeah. I, I mean, just to add, as I said, I'm, I'm horrible at networking. I don't enjoy it, but it's funny you say that, Ray, because if someone comes into my office and they ask me for help that's from another department, I will, and that's not to say if they're not from my department, I don't, but I, I put down what I'm doing and I immediately try to understand their perspective. Because going back to your point, this is a, an ability or an, an opportunity, I should say, to meet someone new and understand what they're thinking. Um, totally. So. And a lot of companies, it's, it's crazy. A lot of companies have those barriers. I'm sure all of you guys have seen it. Silos. Every department <laughs> has their barriers yeah, between the pri- siloed, <laughs> <laughs> siloed departments. Finance and accounting, they're always siloed away from <laughs> HR, uh, IT, marketing. But, you know, yeah. break those walls down. Yeah, build your network. Yeah, I like it. So, Ray, I'm going to challenge you just a little bit on, on that networking tip. So when you're new or starting or you're pretty early at a company, jumping in right away and trying to understand how someone does their role Maybe either it's not clear to you or they don't know you well enough to start sharing that kind of information. You know, information is kind of critical for some people and they're, they're a little bit nervous to share. So how do you build a relationship with random people in the company early um, before you're getting into really knowledge about their role? You know what? So I have a pretty big accounting team. Um, I have around 20 people in my team and there's, you know, bound to be turnover here and there. So the people that start our team and they're brand new to the team and they ask all those questions and they really try to hone in on different parts of the team. Um, They're the ones that really are successful. And I've noticed my other teammates come up to me and say, hey, so-and-so is going to be really successful. 
because they're actually trying to like ask questions. They're trying to get to know me and get to know the job better. They're not scared to ask a question because you know what? When you ask a question in your first couple of months on the job, it's it's free game. You can ask anything you want. You can go to anybody you want, and it really just says, "Hey, this guy's a guy that I can. I know he cares about the job or girl." But it sounds like you're taking more of a learning approach than jumping in, being like, "I'm the man. I'm gonna make all these changes." Totally. And, okay. They're, well, they're, yeah, you know, it's it. funny actually. That now that you guys are both mentioning it, whenever I've gone into a new company and I've had to to build that group, um, and you do obviously ask a lot of questions, like you say, Ray, to understand how does your work work and how does it fit with everyone else i always come up to people and say i'm new i don't know so can you help me yeah. and it's funny how you know that little bit of uh people respect that yeah it's like you're not being arrogant in it's any way modest you, and, yeah, yeah you're coming in and saying can you help me it's not i need you to help me ex- yeah there's a difference right? between asking questions and being a know-it-all right mm-hmm. and and coming in pompous and you know big-headed right so yeah does okay. that tie into your point at all, Justin? No, it or? doesn't. No, it Not doesn't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not even a little bit. But I'll go to my point because you bring it up, Stefan. <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> Here we go. Um, so my my concept or, or rule, uh, I exercise to this day and with every single time I'm given any type of request from anyone. So I call it the 95-5 rule, right? I will not, and I repeat, not accept a deadline or piece of work unless I'm 95% sure I can do it. And I know that sounds kind of odd and unusual, but I, I call it, and, and people call it managing expectations. But from my perspective, I don't want someone to assign something to me and I can't follow through. It's, it's a terrible situation when your boss asks you, listen, I need you to give me this report by X day. And instead of, you say yes, and then you don't deliver, right? Um, I'm terrible at that. <laughs> I will take anything and everything. <laughs> My boss says, take this. And, and this is a problem. I think a lot of these new kids getting out of university, they want to make a good impression on your boss, right? You want, you want to go in there and you want to be the guy that's doing everything. It's true. So I, no matter what, say yes. So I, I think you and I are the same. Right? So, I, I accept so everything help us, and help I find us, a way. funny because, you know, uh, and, and we all started in, in the same firm. We all worked together. And I think that comes a little bit from being in that type of environment where you're young, you're right out of university and someone gives you a task and you want to show that you're doing, you're, you're great, right? You can accomplish what you're, you're given and the extra work. But I always like to, to draw that line where I've seen people in that same professional setting. Um, and the reason I call it the 95-5 rule is they'll come in and everything that you do is in a range, right? There's if I ask you to uh, do some incredible task, if everything works out, you may be able to do it in one day. But chances are something's going to go wrong. Someone's not available. Some, some data doesn't work out. You have to do more analysis. And it'll take two days. So if you say yes to the one-day deadline, you're shooting yourself in the foot because what happens is when I come, and you're working hard, right? You guys are working so hard. I come and say, where's my report? You say, oh, I didn't finish it because of A, B, C, D. I don't want to hear ABCD. You right? never want to drop the ball. That's right. So that's so, what you don't take on too much, right? <laughs> well, my, my comment is it's, it's not about not doing that work. It's about setting, and I'll give a perfect example I recently had. I had not my boss, but my boss's boss, and it's not him, at a, another level, call me and say, listen, I need something tomorrow. And it was a complicated analysis. It involved going to another department, talking to them and understanding a bunch of data, which I didn't have ready access to. Now, 
immediately on the phone, my first inclination was, listen, it's, I, I told that person, listen, it's at the highest point on my priority list. This is the first thing I'm going to do when I get up now after this phone call. But I cannot promise you that I'm going to get it to you by tomorrow morning. And the question came, well, and, and it's funny, you know, th it's easy to say to do that. But his immediate comment back to me was, but it's important, right? This is one of the most important things that we need done right now. And I looked at him, I said, I understand that. That is why it's at the highest point on my priority list. I, I will give my full attention. I promise you that. But I cannot guarantee you that I will get you the deliverable by tomorrow morning. I will do everything I can to accomplish that goal. And I know it sounds like a small difference, but he immediately said, no, no, I, I get that. I get that. Okay, to keep me in the loop. Explain to me when it's going to get done. And, and that way, we were both on the same page, right? So, so I just want to challenge you a little bit, Justin. Um, how do you determine where 95.5 is? Like someone says, I need you to do this. What are you basing your decision on that 95.5 to accept it? Well, and I think it, it's a great question. I think there's, there's a situation where you know how long it's going to take to do something. Um, and then there's a situation where you don't. And 90, well, the 95.5 rule is easy to do when you know, right? I, I know it's going to take me X amount of time because I've done it so many times. Um, it's so it's funny. Mike actually taught me the answer to his question that he just asked. Um, <laughs> back <good>. when, <laughs> yeah, back when we were working at the firm, me and Mike were on a client together, and Mike was actually the one that taught me. Whenever the manager or partner comes in and gives you a new task, when do you need this done by? How urgent is it? Ask those two questions, and people will pretty much outline to you where that priority list is. I agree, but my I guess my point is that could be unrealistic. So let's say the manager comes in and you have six other things you got to do. So this is the point where you need to go in. And if you don't know how long it's going to take, Mike, to your question, you say, going back to your point, manager says this time, I will work to get it done by that time. But I need you to know that it may not get done because I've never done this before. I don't know what all the elements are. It's, it comes back to setting that expectation. Don't say yes unless you can deliver. It comes back. If you say yes and you can't deliver, I think... You can't do your job, plain and simple. If you say yes and you deliver every single time consistently, I am more likely to give you more challenging work because I have a consistency. I have a confidence, right? And I, once again, I've even told my boss this. I've said, listen, I can't, I can't, get, I can't get deliver this to you. This isn't a good time to do this change or make this adjustment. And his comment to me is like, thank you, right? I'd rather us succeed then try for something we're just going to fail at. So this is actually pretty interesting looking at this because I always thought that setting the expectation was about learning to say no, but hearing you talk about this, it's almost, it's not about saying no, it's about setting the expectation is what it's about. Correct. Um, so how do you, like, what are the different ways, like I, I saw how you reworded a couple of things and it sounded really good. Um, are there different tactics or different ways of you setting that expectation up? I think the, and I, having had people push me constantly on, on those expectations I set, I think it really is to, to be true to yourself, right? If you think mm -hmm. it's going to take more time or less time, it's holding that ground because it's always tough. And I, 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 your question, I assume is like, how do I accomplish this goal? Yeah. And it yep. really is that mental fortitude, being confident in your analysis and if someone comes up to you afterwards and says, listen, Justin, it, it, you gave me an inaccurate timeline. Um, it's, well, I had to do the research to understand how long it would take. Yeah. 
The other thing I always come back to is if you if you say in, in that same example with that person who pushed me, I got it to them before the next day in the morning because I did exactly what I said. High priority, got up, did the analysis. He was thanking me. He's like, thank you. I see you took ownership of this. You wanted to make sure it was successful. It was mm -hmm. important. You made sure it was accurate. So I think it, it goes back to having that conversation with them, setting that this is we're, we're all in the same boat. I just want to make sure it's it's a a high quality product I give you. Awesome. Okay, so I think that's all of the thoughts we had. So if I'm to recap real quick, Mike, it was all about being proactive, looking for those trends, identifying the uh, the questions that you're gonna get asked in advance. Stefan, it's looking for the value, going back to what you do on a regular basis, documenting that and saying, okay, where can I make, remove all the waste? Where can I get rid of the noise? Ray, of course, it's going to be Ray. Ray's all about networking. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. If it doesn't come through on this podcast, then I have no idea how to conv convince this to you. But it, it Ray the is all is about your greatest tool. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> okay, and then uh, and then for me, it's obviously setting those expectations, running with that ninety-five-five rule, right? Um, so thank you guys all again for listening into our podcast. We'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> <laughs>